Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Yes, everything you need to know about this election cycle, you can learn from the Incredible Hulk. And here to talk to us about it is our very own Dr. Bruce Banner, Mark Hemingway. Mark, how are you? (laughs) I'm doing all right. My theory about Donald Trump tweeting out, I am finally unshackled to campaign to fight for America the way I want to, is this is basically Dr. Bruce Banner announcing, I don't need you people. I'll make myself angry from now on. He has gone full Hulk smash. At least that's what he's indicating as today. Well, I think that's all he's got at this point in time. I mean, Republicans have been banning him you know, right, left, and center because uh, they uh, have uh, no choice. I mean, he's the last few polls have been just brutal. Down by 11. Come on. <laughs> it's only in two polls. In one poll, he's down by five. <laughs> well, so I, I, it's still really bad. I mean, I think the M- NBC poll had uh, Trump, uh, uh, no, sorry, had Democrats in generic ballot up, I think, six or seven points. And anything over three, the GOP's historically large House majority is in play. I mean, this, mm-hmm. is, this is really bad. And by the, just for people who know, the generic ballot is the question, all things equal, would you right. rather see a democratically controlled Congress or a Republican controlled Congress? Republicans usually lose that, but narrowly. And then when people vote, Republicans tend to outperform. Right. But yeah. when it gets down, like you said, to margins of five plus, that's where you really have concerns. Um, so you wrote in your latest piece for the Weekly Standard uh, about – what to do next. So you agree with me that it's okay to start looking ahead past, in other words, stick a fork in him, he's done. Are you with well, me on that? Uh, I'm, you know, the Trump campaign seems to be saying that right now. In fact, um, wait, 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 the Trump campaign is saying that he's in trouble. I'm not making this up. I and mean, this is a press release they just sent out this afternoon. That's, that's headlined Donald Trump lives or, or something like that. No. And, uh, um, they, <laughs> the, the, but it actually concludes, this is the exact language at the end of the, uh, in the end of their press release. While his path to 270 electoral votes still looks more than problematic, (laughs) there is a month to go before the election and anything could happen. That's right, folks. He is premising the success of his campaign on, quote, anything can happen. All right. That is I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, you know, if you're going to be marshalling the troops and, you know, getting people to Mm -hmm. sort of rally around you. He's he's offering no (laughs) rationale. I mean, he's gone completely, you know, insane. Uh. The anything can happen candidacy. This is apparently the communication. <laughs> got that right. Exactly. The, 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 uh, the uh, communication director for the Trump campaign, apparently Baghdad Bob, has right. now been hired. I don't know what you're talking about. What election? What polls? What do you mean? Everything is all as well. Decrete has not exactly. fallen. Exactly. <laughs> so once again, when you hit the anything can happen, when you hit the, you know, hey, you never know. Right. There could be a horrific terrorist attack. Hey, keep, a, keep a positive outlook. There could be a massive widespread right. disease or right. you know, there could be a horrible plane crash. Once you hit that point, then I think, like I said, I think we've reached the fork moment in the campaign. Right. It's just over. It's- Right. No. And, and but also, though, I mean, the abandonment of uh, um, Republicans uh, um, mm-hmm. over the weekend was, you know, really consequential. I mean, there were some pretty notable things that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Senator Deb Fisher unendorsed Trump uh, of Nebraska. And over the summer, uh, was, she was reportedly behind an effort. In fact, her, her nephew was behind mm-hmm. it in name to censure the other senator from Nebraska, Ben Sass, for, for refusing for refusing to support the Republican nominee. Right. You know, and so she had, you know, you know, everything to gain basically right. by, you know, sticking you know forward with this support of Trump. And even she pulled her support over the weekend. It does seem that Mr. Trump 
is happiest when he's able to attack Republicans. That's because he's not a Republican. Wait, I mean, his instincts... how can you say that? He's been voting in Republican primaries since uh, this year. Right. I mean, uh, he's thought he's talked about running for president three times before. None of them as a Republican. How can you say that Donald Trump is not a Republican with this lifelong record of having never been a Republican? Well, you know, I think a lot of people have pointed this out and said, well, his instincts are to attack Republicans because he's not really Republican. And, and that's true. But I don't think being Republican necessarily has anything to do with it. The fact that his instinct is to attack anybody that doesn't support him 110 <laughs> percent all the time in spite of his insanity. I mean, I think that's really the stage we're at. <laughs> I think I don't want to listen to you disparage the insane by comparing them to Donald Trump. Uh, so what next? There's been a lot of interesting conversation about this. Uh, Noel Rothman's been writing about it at a commentary. Uh, what do you do when it's over? And, you know, Hillary Clinton's being sworn in. What does the conservative movement do? What do Weekly Standard readers who believe right. in these small government ideas do? What do what does the Republican Party do? And what is your suggestion? Well, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I would like to see a lot of people at the top of the Republican Party pay uh, for what they've done and, and the, the lack of vision that they've had about, you know, some obvious problems that Trump would present. So you're with me on show trials. We <laughs> I, want a show trial. We I, want to I'm drag actually, them out. I'm, I'm actually not. I mean, <laughs> I do think oh, that I, I understand bummer. right now there's a good deal of, of schadenfreude involved over over people like you know, Senator Fisher mm-hmm. and some other things. And, you know, those things should be noted. But, you know, if you do think, not necessarily because you harbor any particular affection for the Republican Party, that having some sort of organized opposition to Democrats is right. going to be essential in the years ahead, then we need to figure out what to do to regroup Republicans. And I think the best operating principle uh, is to reward those Republicans that were right about Trump and not necessarily punish those that weren't. So Um, the people out there who want to take, say, Reince Priebus and Sean Hannity and put them in the stocks and strip them and tar and feather them, not that that's me, but it is, you think that we're those people— are the wrong instinct. The right instinct is rather to work on a carrot instead of a stick approach. Yeah, I think that's the right instinct, although I might make a special exception for Sean Hannity. <laughs> no, don't mess with Sean Hannity. <laughs> yeah, he, he, will karate, karate. he will karate right. chop you, I'm yeah, telling you. Right. Watch out for the crane kick. That's well, the one where he gets you. Just well, look, I mean, I always think the happy warrior approach is, is the way to do it. In fact, as I was writing this piece, I was thinking, would this be the suitably crystallian or you know crystalline <laughs> as in uh, my my boss bill crystal you know how he would approach this because right. he's you know very much a happy warrior and and i think that that is the gop's great strength you know that they can go forward and even mm-hmm. when things look pretty bleak on a lot of fronts uh and and you know and, and rem- remind people of first principles and remind right. people of why they believe what they believe anymore uh after the party's been hijacked and, and i think that's the great task i mean i think there are still some great voices in the republican party i mentioned two in the piece specifically uh senator ben sass in nebraska right. Junior senator from Nebraska taking huge artillery at home among voters because he was the only congressional Republican out there early on uh, publicly opposing Trump and even specifically had attacked Trump on the issue of his bragging about betting married women and right. all those other things that have come back to haunt him in the last weekend. And at the same time, Senator Mike Lee, um, obviously uh, Utah voters, if you look at polls over the last six months, seem to hate Trump with a fire of a thousand suns. So 
Lee didn't suffer as much right. in the way of political consequences for opposing Trump, but he really did go the extra mile. I mean, right. he led the delegate revolt, the Republican convention, as a sitting U.S. senator from the floor. I mean, mm-hmm. he was all in on trying to stop Trump when it mattered. And, and by the way, his delegate revolt was crushed in a transparently corrupt fashion mm-hmm. by the very top at the, of, the, of the GOP at the time. They so, broke the rules of their own convention to stop the people of the convention from speaking out. Yes, exactly. How smart does that look today as right. the fireball of Trump? crashes into the GOP house. How smart do you look denying 40-some percent of the people there to be on the record, we hate Trump, so that when this is all over, you can point back to that and say, hey, I was there. But now none of the people who could, who will be, who would be able to fight back you know, in starting in January and when the attack comes, oh, yeah, you're a Republican. You're about Trump. They won't be. Now they can't say, no, there I was. I was on the floor. I cast a vote against him. That opportunity has gone. Well, it, yeah, exactly. And at every step of the way, the Republican leadership was clueless about this. They basically mm-hmm. let their process be exploited. A, you know, plurality of Republican voters, you know, right. were able to eke Donald Trump through the primaries to get the necessary uh, um, votes at the convention. And the reality is, is looking back at it, a you know, strong majority of Republicans who voted in the primaries voted for somebody else. If that wasn't a big warning sign that, you know, the process had gone awry at some point and maybe he needed to do something at the convention, I don't know what would have been. But he got more votes ever than anyone in history of, of hipstriness. Right. And he also got more votes cast against him by that measure uh, than hater. anyone else. You're just a hater. That's all this is. So uh, who else would you put kind of in the front ranks of the public face to help rally the party afterwards. You mentioned Sass. You mentioned Lee. How about Ken Cuccinelli from Virginia? Even though he doesn't hold an office at the moment, he was there at the convention do- doing the work, Ken- and he is a solid conservative. No one can say right. he's a squish. Cuccinelli's a great one. Carly Fiorina. Ah, um, people, a lot point. of people are talking about how she's going to replace Reince um, mm-hmm. after we drag him away and put him in the stocks. Um, and I think that would be a, a good choice. Um, and I also think that John Kasich, I, I didn't like a lot of the aspects of his you know policy and other things that he ran on, but mm-hmm. I have little doubt that the man is principled and believes in his convictions as a, as a Christian and, and other things right. like that that he often talks about. And so I do think that, you know, Kasich should be rewarded for that, you know, um, because at the end of the day, you know, ha- having someone who is an actual, actual principled person as opposed to somebody who maybe has all of the policy right. positions I may or may not agree with on immigration or whatever else is, I think, more important. And that's the lesson. I'm a couple last questions. I appreciate your time. I know you're uh, busy slaving away in the Bill Crystal coal mine, but uh, <laughs> What is the margin where it goes from people saying, gosh, darn it, if only Republicans would rally around to, holy crap, what were we thinking nominating this guy in the first place? Is it, I, I'm not looking for like a specific number to the decimal, but ballpark figure. Um, I mean, I don't think it, it – do you don't think it matters? Well, no. I mean, there's a large continuum here. I mean, the bottom line mm-hmm. is, is if he loses the election um, and loses, you know – Worse than say Romney, right? I think absolutely, um, people will say that. Um, you know, Trump's entire rationale for for being in the race was "I win," right? right. Remember. Um, so if he does as poorly as it's looking like he's going to do, it will be a real wake up call. I think the worst possible outcome would be if Trump loses by a very narrow margin. Uh, in that case, Republicans will not have power, and at the same time, they won't really have a mandate to have a chat with the base that they sort of need to have in order to sort of mollify them and, and mm-hmm. sit down and say, okay, what's a realistic approach to these issues you care about, immigration uh, and trade and other things like that, which is not to say that they shouldn't take these concerns very seriously. I mean, they should. But uh, obviously, uh, Trump has made a lot of these people think that uh, um, certain things are possible that I don't think are within the realm of politics at the moment. And then the last question is, you, you just said the worst possible outcome. Is that a worst possible outcome than if 
Trump win? Is that worse than Trump winning? <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um, Trump actually winning poses a lot of interesting questions. Because here's my frustration. I'm so tired in, in my social media feed, Twitter and Facebook is full of you know, talk show listeners, because I spent years in talk show. And so these are people that who've been talking about conservative bona fides and conservative, you know, why won't someone stand up and just tell the truth about conservative, you know, just no backing out, no compromise. Well, Trump is a total rhino squish. He is the definition of rhino. In fact, he was, he yeah. was an ino for most of the time because he wasn't even a Republican. And now they're saying you're not a real conservative unless you back a guy who doesn't believe in any conservative values. And that's why I say if Trump wins... It's the worst of both possible worlds. He will be an awful president and he will take down my ideas because people falsely attribute him. You know, the, the more far right you get, the more you run into Trump. No, the more lunatic authoritarian you get, the more you run into Trump. Well, I don't disagree with that, although I think things are very much on a continuum and it has a lot to do with Trump's temperament, mm -hmm. which is to say that he clearly has an authoritarian streak. You know, he clearly has a liberal streak uh, and those things could combine into something, you know, horrible where, you know, he nukes us all in the first six months. Um, at the same time, though, again, you know, he has the attention span of a second grader <laughs> and I could easily see a situation where, you know, Many better men than him have been beaten down by that office where, you know, three months in, he just mm -hmm. turns the reins over to Pence and chief of staff Newt Gingrich and, you know, <laughs> right. checks out and gives a speech every once in a while, um, in which case it might not be a horrible presidency. But the problem is, is that Trump being validated by a victory would give rise to a conservatism that is not rooted in principles that I think has been the saving grace that has saved uh, America from going down sort of more troubling nationalistic routes like, mm. you know, they have sure. in Europe. Well, as they say around the Trump campfire, anything can happen. And <laughs> when it does, you'll hear about it here in the Weekly Standard podcast. Mark, thanks so much for your time. Thanks again. If you've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast, never miss another podcast. Just go to iTunes.com today and subscribe. It's absolutely free. While you're there, please give us five stars. It would be very, very helpful. Plus, you know, you just heard a five-star performance from Mark Hemingway. I'm your host, Michael Graham.